Good morning, and welcome to Overuse Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Wednesday, September 25th, 2019, and today we are studying in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 56 on the fourth paragraph that starts with, this man recounts that he tumbled out of bed to his knees. Just focusing on that one paragraph. Today's readers are, thank you for your service, Leon B., Pam M., Janice B., Esther F., Kathy G. S. And the numbers for yesterday's meetings are for Tuesday, September 24th, 2019, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 13,435. That's 13435. For the 10 a.m. Eastern meeting is 13436. That's 13,436. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Esther F. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Esther. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people when, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and have a great day. Thank you, Esther. 
I will now ask for Kathy G.S. to read the 12 Traditions. Go ahead, Kathy. Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy G.S., compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in Georgia. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me be of service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Kathy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted and try to avoid uh, speaking on speakerphone because it creates an echo. Today, we resume our study on page 56 of the big book. We are down to the fourth paragraph, focusing on that one paragraph only. And I'm going to ask Leon B. to get us started. Go ahead, Leon. Good morning. Leon B. gratefully recovered from Simpsonville, South Carolina. This man recounts that he tumbled out of bed to his knees. In a few seconds, he was overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of God. It poured over and through him with the certainty and majesty of a great tide at flood. The barriers he had built through the years were swept away. He stood in the presence of infinite power and love. He had stepped from bridge to shore For the first time, he lived in conscious companionship with his creator. 
such a beautiful statement. And the first thing I thought about was going back to the back of the big book where it talks about the, a spiritual awakening. And and this seems uh, likened to the statement that they wrote, sudden and spectacular upheaval. That's what it sounds like this Fitzmail went through, a sudden revolutionary change, this immediate and overwhelming God consciousness that led to a vast change in feeling. Um, and this describes a spiritual experience, an awareness of a power that's greater than ourselves. And that's supposedly, that's the essence of this program. And I think about times, this didn't happen for me. I had the, the slow variety. I had the educational variety over time. Um, I did have a moment during during my during my step four where I had this aha moment of of I was the the source of of all of my troubles and and, and my selfishness. But this this powerful moment that happened to to fit that 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 wasn't the exact nature of of what happened to me. There was no lightning bolts or, or things as such. But I have had moments since since being recovered where I sense God's presence in such a strong way. And the thing about it, I found myself just was just recently Sunday, just this past Sunday was really in a, a dry bender as I just learned that term today. Um, very down in my mood, something had happened, things didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. And I was just really really down. And I thought that I could snap out of it. And I went to bed on it, woke up Monday morning, still, you know, just could not snap out of it. And I made an effort. I stopped. I was at work. I went into the conference room, turned out the lights, sat down and prayed, prayed with some fervency and, and talked with my higher power, got to the bottom of what this feeling and this mood was and i am telling you making that conscious contact with god and that's that's the most important thing in in our lives is making that conscious contact with a power greater than me i felt such a release i felt so so much lighter when i just stopped and sat and listened and and i had so much humility in that moment so that's what I, I got from from this reading this morning, just making the most important thing in our lives as, as compulsive overeater is making this conscious contact with God, being aware of a power that's greater than ourselves that can solve all of our problems. That's the, that's the, the theme, theme of the big book, and I pass that. Thank you, Leon. Okay, so we are now going to take, uh, for those who would like to share, and we'd like to give preference to those that were shared in a couple of days. So who would like to share on what was read? Linda D. from Boston. Whoops. Linda D. from Connecticut. Sorry, Linda. Larry. Larry K. Linda D. I've got Katie G., Linda D., Larry K., and there were some people in the beginning I just did not hear. You all came in at once. Could you try again, please? I know I missed some people. Linda D. Linda, I got you. I got you, okay. Linda. I got Katie. I got Larry. Who else did I miss?
Okay. Well, is there anybody else? Can we take a couple more? Pam M. Pam M. Gotcha. Deborah B. from New Jersey. All right. Deborah. Deborah B. Okay. That's a good group to start with. Let's Sandra go to Katie. Sandra, I'll get you for the next group. Here we go. Thank Katie you. G. Yes. Please hang on. So Katie G., Linda D., Larry K., Pam M., Deborah B. All right, Katie. You're up. Good morning, Amy. This is KDG, Recovered Compulsive Reader, Anorexic and Bulimic. And, you know, I didn't have this flood, but I love the, the dialogue here, right? Like, what are my barriers? Well, so God is in the present moment, right? So God is now. May you find him now. He's deep down inside me now. And what are all the barriers? These are my old ideas that agnostics have been pointing out to me. Like anything I think of up through yesterday is an old idea, um, about God existing or not existing, and God just is, right? And so um, patients who are not in consciousness fully are not in consciousness fully because they don't know where they are, what they're doing, what the date is. They don't have that full consciousness. And I, too, have, um, through the process of, of getting recovered and staying recovered, one day at a time, felt access to this beautiful flood, this majestic feeling deep down inside me that wipes away anything that's in the future or anything that's in the past because that's all that happens to me is I get blocked by my selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, and fear, which is the stories, the tapes. God's not here because I'm not getting what I want. I'm taking my Barbies and going home. God's not here because I didn't get what I wanted in the past. I'm taking my Barbies and going home. Forget about it, right? God's not here because I just want to binge my brains out and not have consciousness. Right, I mean, that to me is the essence of these steps, right? I get out of my head and into my body. What a miracle for a compulsive overeater of my type that has declared war between my head and my body through the evisceration of every part of my body, of every part of my DNA being completely at war because I hated it, because I, I needed something to cut me off from what? My thinking. And I can be surrounded by millions of people and still be the most lonely person in the world. But as a process of being recovered today, I'm not always in conscious contact with God, but I can always tell you what God's will is for me not to do. And I have instructions 247 that tell me who, my, who God wants me to be, happy, joyous, and free, abstinent, and helping another woman. Okay, God, so what do I do? The answer is I do the work, I press in, I help others, and that is a flood, it is a tide, it is full consciousness in the present moment. And what's amazing is that I am no longer my thinking. I know that uh, the greatest obstacle between me and a good day today is my thinking. And the awareness of my thinking is divine because I can say, okay, God, you're my filter. I'll just wrap up with this, Amy. As a recovered woman today, I can use God as my filter. God, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? What a miracle for these 24 hours. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. Okay, Linda D., you're up, followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Linda. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I love that woman. Uh, 
Okay. Um, the thing is, this happened to me. When I was new in program, I happened to overhear the first coincidence. Uh, you can ask God, show me that you're real beyond a shadow of a doubt. I was an atheist, and I thought, can you do that? So I did it, and nothing happened for days and days. I kept going to the meetings. I've been in program like forever. I was 38. I'm 75. Do the math. And, um, okay. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then when I let go, I had this experience. It is exactly the way this person described. Fitz Mayo. Uh, I did stand in the presence of infinite power and love, and my mouth just dropped open. I I can't tell you. This is actually real. So you would think I would sail off into the sunset. Uh-uh. Because I needed a tribe, and I needed, you're my tribe. I needed people that experienced enough of this. Usually through educational, you know, but not always experience, to guide me, to hold my hand when I was um, a wreck, because I was a wreck. And that's why I asked the question show me that you're real. When you're an atheist, boy, it's really scary. And so it's many years later, and many, many people have held my hand and taught me, and especially. Uh, This book, this book and these steps, and I must say Vision for You Understanding, which is very much a revolution or a rebirth, a renaissance, very much that. I've been able to accept living in the now. I've had many, many experiences of all kinds. If I can do it, anybody can do it. That's the point. And that's my point, because there really is a higher reality. So when I wake up in the morning, I can hear all the ideas in my head, or, which is based in fear and self-hatred, that's the old Linda, uh, or I can listen to the divine, and that's within, and that's what I do. And I follow that according to uh, 4 through 9, 4 through 12. So thanks. Bye. Thank you, Linda D. Larry K., you're up, followed by Pam M. Go ahead, Larry. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Larry K. recovered this morning. Um, He stood in the presence of infinite power and love. You know, we don't have to bring a big bag of of knowledge or wisdom to to the rooms of this spiritual kindergarten, this classroom. Um, when I when I put God first, I, I, I begin to find that I'll, you know, I, I like Leon's share. I'll do a, a you know, I didn't have a, 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 you know, this manifestation of, I didn't, you know, hear trumpets and see angels. But I did, when I began to put God first, I began to, to find that I'll do a great deal less of running around chasing after the things that don't matter and wasting my time and energy. Um and what I found is that, you know, my life becomes simpler and more quiet and the monkey chatter in my head usually begins to subside. 
but in a you know in a, in a real sense my life becomes richer and it becomes infinitely more worthwhile and there's something divine about this process of surrender self-examination of our flaws we make a confession in a sense this is what Fitz did he made restitution and then there was self-sacrifice for others see like Fitz I go from you know we, you get out in the desert I was wandering in a desert of fear and frustration and anger and then we see this through this process there's a manifestation of grace and tranquility and the transformation what's interesting is the transformation is rarely experienced as one anticipates I thought it was going to be one thing but it was really another I bet with Fitz whatever Fitz previously imagined this God-centered existence would be like I bet you his crystal ball was wrong like mine was wrong I accept that that God's hand manifests what my narrative is going to look like, what recovery is going to look like, the timing of it, the pace of it, the unfolding of it. You know, what if Fitz, for example, he didn't need the same change that, that I did in the area of, of patience. If God needs, you know, maybe God had a different, has a different process for me. If God needs for me to forgive others as a springboard to forgive myself, then he might use the step work to accomplish that. My point is the paragraph drives home for me the idea that without an openness towards coming to believe, I'm probably lacking the intention that will lead me to the proper application of the steps. And that's the barrier. And then my consciousness doesn't get broadened. So another observation I'll make real quickly, Fitz wasn't drinking while he worked the principles of the Oxford group movement. See, there's no clarity to working the steps when I'm, you know, freebasing uh, Nesquik or, 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 or Milk Duds, right? You know, a, a problem gambler can't work the steps while they're at the blackjack table. I got to remember to get away from the blackjack table before I work this process. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Larry. Pam M., you're up, followed by Deborah B. Go ahead, Pam. <laughs> Good morning, family. This is Pam in upstate New York. That's a killer, Larry Kay, the Nestle Quick, freebasing Nestle Quick. <laughs> um, so um, I identify as um, as a spiritual person, but not necessarily religious. But who am I to say there is no God? You know, um, I had to come from somewhere. Um, I had to come from some force. This beautiful planet, this the breathtaking beauty of all of it, the endless stars, you know, were caused by something. Um, and, um, you know, when I first started working with defining my higher power, um, I my prayer said, sounded a little something like this, like, God, I don't know what you are what to call you, um, you know, what you look like, but I believe that you exist, you know, so just help me connect with you. And um, I'm telling you this because there may be people out there that are still getting caught up on that, defining, you know, what what the higher power looks like, what, you know, just connect with it, um, you know, and um, it'll take you where it needs to go. Um, so, 
because, you know, if it created the vastness of the universe, certainly it can handle a small problem like compulsive eating. Um, and it may not be small to us, but in, in, you know, the vastness of the universe, it's a small problem. Um, and if I, I've had um, tons of light white experiences being swept off my feet, touched by the Holy Spirit in church, swooned by the power of the hugging Saint Amma, uh, mesmerized by Mother Earth and flooded with emotion in sweat lodges and kirtans. But, you know, none of that was enough for me to stay abstinent. Um, I never doubted the power or presence of God. And so, but what I failed to do was befriend God. So I was mostly playing God and telling God what to do and what God should do for me. Uh, And now I have a better understanding of my role in program. I can let creator do the driving and I can do the relaxing. What a relief that I can do the relaxing because I was making myself sick doing all the driving and all the control and never resting. So when I remember to make my daily phone call to the infinite power of love each day through prayer and meditation, I have a constant friend with my higher power. Thank you. I'm more likely to pause when I need more power than myself, and I can digest my emotions instead of ingesting my food. So with that, I pass. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Pam. Okay, Deborah B, you're up. Hi, this is Deborah V, as in Victoria, from New Jersey. Oh. Good morning, everyone. It's okay. Um, Thank you. I just, um, you know, I I'm always reluctant to speak on the line because I feel like I'm I'm certainly no expert. I believe that, um, you know, for me. Um, my concept of God and a higher power or a higher power, which I choose to call God, has really come very slowly for me. Um, I was someone who, you know, worshipped the God of self-reliance, and I was very unhappy. And what I found in working these steps and Following the example in the book that tells us to enlarge our spiritual life, the things that I do is I show up every morning and I listen to the line and I do the work even though I don't want to and and, and miracles happen. I don't quite know exactly how or why and um, I, I sometimes don't always understand why I get to be here and others don't. Um, or others leave and others don't. I don't know the magical power of um, why God does what he does, but um, for me, I know that my life has been forever changed and altered um, as a result of these steps. And um, while it's been a bonus to be abstinent and um, to be relieved of, of the obsession of eating, I think that that pales pales in comparison to what um, my higher power has done in my life in all matters. Um, And, you know, I I constantly say that um, 
you know, my simplest prayer, which I believe for me is my most powerful, is when I get down on my knees in the morning and I say, God, what can I do for you today? Because for years, it was all about me. And what could God do for me? And what can I get, uh, you know, ticked off my punch list? Um, I've changed that paradigm. And it's really been a miracle um, in my life to be able to have that. Listen, I'm like everybody else. I have good days and bad days. And today happens to not be such a great day um, for lots of other you know, sort of life on life's terms reasons. But I'm reminded of what I hear from others. And um, again, I'm plagiarizing here, but if I just walk, if I just crawl to God, he runs to me. And I need to keep that image in my heart and in my mind. And I need to keep coming back and work these steps as hard as I can to get to, to get to freedom. So with that, I pass and I wish you all love and light. Thank you so much, Deborah B. Uh, we now interrupt this program for a little bit of a commercial break. Go ahead, Jen A. Take it away. Good morning, Amy. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. All right. Well, I'm excited. My first vision for you, big book study and conference in Newark, New Jersey. I don't know if you guys have been before. But I have never been before, and I am so excited. I checked the screen last night, and they have the final countdown on the Vision for You website. I'm excited to meet you all from coast to coast and continent to continent. We're going to connect with over 800 fellows. So get your pen and paper, because it's going to be November 15th through the 17th at the Marriott Hotel Convention Center in Newark, New Jersey, at the Liberty International Airport. And uh, registration closes one week from today. So 800 of your best friends will be there. You need to pack your big book. You need to book a room. Um, bring a buddy and be sure to register for the big book study that's going to rocket us all into the fourth dimension. So get ready to leave the ground because you're going to have an experience like this. You're never going to be the same. I know that because I went to the OA birthday party and was blown away. And this can only be better. Come experience the FAC, the fellowship we crave. Thanks, Amy. Okie dokie, Jen. Thank you so much. Woohoo! It is so exciting. Can't wait to see each and every one of you all. So, anyways, back to our meeting with even more excitement. Who would like to share on what was read? Irene B. Irene Sandra B. S. What was that, Sarah? Melissa that Sandra S. Sandra O. Sandra S. Vasa. Jody E. Jody. Devorah E. Devorah. Okay, let's stop there. Um, all right, I've got I've got Irene B. Sandra S. Melissa C. Vasa O. Jody E. Devorah F. All right, let's get going again. Irene B. Please go ahead. Irene, press star one. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Okay. All right. Good morning. Thank you so much. I am Irene B., uh, gratefully recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The 
spiritual experience, I just remember that for me, I just kept asking my sponsor, I'm not having a spiritual experience. I'm not having it. It's not happening. Oh, it usually happens at this time. Got through that point. It's still not happening. Oh, well, sometimes it happens at this time. And the reality is that the spiritual experience happens when it happens. Um, it's just uh, we don't get to control it. Um, we, we don't get to do A, B, C, and D. You know, we don't follow a formula that gets us this perfect result. It, it doesn't work that way. At least it didn't work that way for me. Um, all I know is that it wasn't happening. And I just remembered that the book said to let go of all preconceived notions. And I had two big preconceived notions that I needed to let go of that I didn't know they were important. And I learned in another program that whatever happens to you at an early age is important. So that got me to thinking, and it's like, hmm. So I thought that anything that happened to me before age sick or when I was little didn't count because now I knew better. But I just kept wondering because the experience wasn't happening. And then I realized that when I was a kid, I walked away from God because I wanted God to be my friend. I wanted him to be my protector. And the greatest sense of abandonment that I felt came from God who never came to my rescue, who was never there for me to make things better. And so I said, forget this. And then I read the Bible, and I read, you know, that God was a punishing, angry God, scared me half to death. I said, you know what? I'm going on my own. I'm going it alone. And um, that's how I went through my life. You know, this God, you know, I had to be on my own. And then as I started to realize that I talk to people, spiritual people, trying to, you know, God, I, I was telling him, I'm making an effort to to get close to you and to make a very long story short, one time, oops, that's my timer, uh, at my therapist's office, I told her that the greatest sense of abandonment had come from God, but the tears won't come. And I kept talking about it, and all of a sudden the tears came. And I felt like a load had been lifted off of me, and I felt peace, and I felt love. And I knew that he'd been there for me the whole time, and I just didn't know it. And with that, I passed. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Irene. Sandra S., your turn. Sandra, press star one. Thank you very much this morning. This is Sandra S. from Oklahoma. Thank you to everyone that's done service. This was a most awesome and very powerful paragraph to me this morning. The first part of it, the man recounts that he tumbled out of bed, which says that he didn't have any power of himself. Once he realized and thought about who are you to say there is no God? He tumbled out of bed, which means to helplessly fall down 
end over end by losing one's footing, no support, none whatsoever. So he just did that. And then when he talks about that he was overwhelmed and overcame by a conviction, a strong belief of the presence of God, he knew God was present there with him. And it poured over and through him, just saturated him totally, just over and through and 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 on top of him, just everywhere, and with certainty and majesty. When you think about majesty and you think about our sovereign higher power and the majesty and the beauty that he brings, stateliness and dignity and impressiveness, it's just a, a great thing. And then to see, hear him say the barriers he had built through the years were swept away. That has to be one of the most amazing feelings because as I worked the program and restart working the steps again, more and more barriers that I have built are being swept away and washed away, and my soul is being made cleaner and brighter uh, for the Lord. And then he stood in the presence of the infinite. That means the the. Uh, limitless, cannot be measured, impossible to measure power and love. So whenever there is a mess up or whenever there is a setback, there's always the power of God. There's always the love of God. There's never any end to it. He's infinite. And finally, when he talks about uh, that he stepped from the bridge to a shore. When I think about bridge, I think about the fear that I have when I go over the Golden State Bridge or the Kennedy Causeway. It's a bridge, and it's going to get me over to land, but look what, it, what, look what I'm having to go over, that amount of water. And if it falls, I'm in trouble. But he stepped from something that could be, that it was suspended and could not be uh, uh, as permanent as stepping his feet onto shore, the solid ground, that God placed him on. And for the first time, he lived in a conscious companionship with his creator. And that's the magnificent beauty of it, companionship, to know that God is walking and with us with this program every step of the way. Just turn everything over to him. He's got it. He's going to take it. He's going to do it. Believe it and know it. The spiritual awakening for me came the day I was sitting in the car in front of the grocery store, getting ready to go do collateral damage. And I heard God say as I wept and cried, trying to figure out what was wrong with me, I heard him say, O-A. And when I realized that no one else was in the car with me, I knew it was God. I knew he was speaking to me. And that in itself began a new partner, a new statement, compartment in my heart, companionship with God. Thank you for letting me speak this morning, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sandra. Melissa C., followed by Vasa O. Go ahead, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Amy. Thank you so much for your service this morning. It's Melissa C., I'm recovered in New York, and um, I love hearing about how people came to, to know, you know, how people came to have this God consciousness, it's its what all the stories are about so that we can, you know, have hope. Um, and, you know, and so my initial um, experience of having God come to me, I was, um, I was too much of a, in a food fog to realize at that time what a powerful moment it was. But, 
you know, I went to a, a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, and it was, it was, I had come back again, and it was about 10 years ago. And I was really in a state of utter desperation, and somehow I got myself to that meeting. And somebody lovingly gave me their hand, you know, and, and asked me at the end of the meeting, when do you want to start? Um, and, you know, I was unable at that meeting to make eye contact with anybody. I just sat there crying. And when this woman asked me, when do you want to start, God came out of my mouth because what came out of my mouth was right now. And I had no intention, really, of putting the food down on a Saturday. That, if that's not a miracle of God, I could never have ever started anything on my own on a Saturday. It was God. And, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but that was my first real conscious contact with my creator because somehow after that meeting, I have never returned to junk food. I mean, I still had more to go, but that was, I feel like God stepped in and interceded and said, I have no chance of reaching this woman if I can't get her to put the cookies down, if I can't get her away from the chocolate. I'll never, I'll never be able to get through to her. And so that was my first, you know, and then I've had, thankfully, many other, you know, in in measured doses, other God-conscious moments. And for me, they always seem to come um, with some some pain. I never seem to find God in, you know, yeah, I can see God in, in the beauty of a sunrise or the sunset or the ocean, but the real consciousness of my creator seems to come to me when I am pressed against the wall, when I am in utter desperation and I find out there is something beautiful that sustains me. And so, um, you know, that, that, further gives me hope and faith because life continues to be life and there are mornings that are really rough when I live with people that have anxiety and depression and I can feel the consciousness of my creator right in the midst of the storm and so you know that's really my message of hope if you're in the midst of the storm God is right here with you and in fact if you called in maybe that is your miracle maybe that is your consciousness of God thanks with that I'll pass Thank you, Melissa C. Right on time. Vasa O, followed by Jody E. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Thank you, Amy, for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive video calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And, uh, yes, I'm so excited. I shared yesterday, but I hadn't shared for about a week on the 7 o'clock meeting. So I said, I want to share I, because this was, it's a very exciting paragraph for me, and this is what happened to me the first time years ago when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, 1986. And uh, even before I came to the program, I remember I was coming home from shopping one night, and I remember, and this, I'm more of the 80, I was, I'm more of the atheist side person because I grew up in a communist country. They thought us there was no God. So, but anyways, I remember coming home from shopping, and this was not like me. I remember reaching out with one hand and saying to God, please, if you're out there, show me where you are, help me. But I didn't know anything about food addictions. Although I've been suffering for 25 years of my life, I didn't know anything about really much about God. I heard about God, but I never had a relationship with God. 
But anyways, and uh, I, for many years, for a couple of years, I didn't want to share about my experience till other people, I heard few other people share about it here and then. Then I said, oh, well, if it happened to them, then I'm going to share about it too. And this is exactly what happened to me. My sponsor brought me to the first meeting, and she 12-stepped me a little bit, told me a little bit about the 12 steps in one week. And she brought me to the meeting, which I loved. I, it just, I, I, I felt at home. And anyways, she said, the only way this is going to work if we surrender to a higher power or God of whatever God you, you, you believe in. She said, this is the only thing that's going to help you, Vasa. And I remember saying, even if it means I have to surrender, I will do because I'm in so much pain and suffering with this food. It's going to kill me if I continue doing what I'm doing. So I ran in the bathroom. I came home through the kitchen, ran in the bathroom, closed the door, locked the door. I didn't want anybody to walk in to find me on my knees in the bathroom to think I've gone pursued, I've gone crazy. Well, I was ready, and I was so ready and willing to surrender. I felt like I need to take a risk because I'm just going to die if I don't do this. And I did that, and I got on my knees, and I said, God, please help me. I can't do this food any longer by myself. I put it in your hands, and I surrender. And forgive me for all the sins. I didn't even know what character traits were in those days, but I just... I did what she told me to do. It was a miracle. I experienced the same thing. I felt this power was from my body, from my head to my heart, from my whole body. I felt a connection. I didn't see God. I didn't touch God. And I used to think, well, maybe if I see or or touch God, then I will believe. Well, I didn't see it. I didn't touch it. I didn't see angels all over, but I felt that power go through me and it it poured over and through thrown him in the certainty and majesty of great flood of flood and that's how i felt he stood in the presence of infinite Lots power of of la- wrap it up it's i never wanted to talk but this is real it happened if it happened to me it can happen to any of you and some get it later gradually thank you for letting me share and i pass Thank you, Vasa. Jody E., you're up, followed by Deborah S. Thank you, Amy. Good morning. This is Jody E., gratefully recovered in California. Well, I, I too, have been blessed with a very profound spiritual experience, which was in 1995 at an Overeaters Anonymous convention in San Francisco. Conventions can be very powerful. Every meeting or workshop I walked into was on step three. And somehow I really did step three that weekend. I really turned my will in my life over to the care of God in a profound way. My marriage was at the time very, very difficult. And My husband had not wanted me to go to the convention. Our daughter was about seven years old, eight years old maybe. And I went anyway. And 
I had this profound spiritual experience. And when I got home, he was angry because I had gone. And that was kind of the, the way it was. He was angry a lot. And that would really turn me off most of the time. I would be angry right back at him. And when I met him at home, with that anger, it didn't matter. My heart was full of love. I just felt this outpouring of love for him. And it didn't take long for that love to transform his anger. My daughter was attracted to me in a new and different way. She... We had a great relationship, but she was even more in love with me. Walking along a lake near my house, I looked up at the eucalyptus trees and they were shimmering. My feet felt like they were not touching the ground. Food ceased to be an issue. This lasted for two weeks and then it went away. However, I will always have the memory. It was a tremendous grace. And I had a profound awareness of God, which has never left me. So miracles can happen at conventions. And I suggest you try this one coming up in Newark. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Jody E. Deborah F., your turn. Wow. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. I'm Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, wow, he was overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of God. And, you know, I don't know if I have an experience like this every morning where I tumble out of bed and I feel this overwhelming, overwhelming presence of God. And, I have to work on that, and I know, but I do know that when I wake up in the morning, I have this sense of gratitude that I can get up and go to the bathroom by myself and brush my teeth, and my body is functioning, and like I get to be on this line, and I get to do go to job to a job, and I and I bring in some money here to the family, and these are all gifts. And where is it coming from? Like I have to, it all. It all, all roads, it goes back to God. Because, you know, I, it's so easy for me to live in the me, the now, it's I, me, me, me. I'm the one who can do this. I'm the one. But, you know, this is all, this brings me to humility. Because I'm not, you know, God makes this possible for me. And um, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm getting from these steps. That's what I'm getting is, you know, to make myself, you know, I'm just, I'm just me, but it's God who gets me to these places that gives me back my life in the morning um, that, you know, enables me to, to do the things that I do. And that, to me, it makes it very, very overwhelming because, you know, I'm overwhelmed by the fact that, that God is, is gifting me with all these beautiful things. And, you know, life isn't always so wonderful. I you know, a lot of challenges. Things are coming my way. But the thing that I always, the road that always takes me back is to God. You know, the place that I always have to remember is it's all 
from God and that God knows what's best for me and that God is there for me. And I see it in so many situations where, you know, where I, I, I looked at a situation and I'll say, like, how come that didn't happen? How come I didn't get that offer when I saw a coworker got something and I said, why didn't the school offer me that? And then the next day, within 24 hours, I got even a better opportunity where the school called me up and said, would you do this for us and, and, and you'll get compensated for that. And I was like, wow, here I was. How come I didn't get what she got? And But God was planning something even better for me. And it was like, wow, God really is watching me. So, like, I am just so grateful that, and it's overwhelming to see that, you know, God is the, is the master here in this game, and it's not me. I'm just the pawn, and God is using me, and, um, and it's okay. It's okay, and I'm just so grateful for the ride that I have today. I don't know what it's going to be for today, but I'm putting one foot in front of the other and, um, and trying to live the way God wants me to live. And, you know, when I treat people, when I try, Time. you know, with patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love, that is, you know, what God wants from me and his direction. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah. Well, we have time for one more share. Who would like to take us out? Russ M. Russ, go for it. All right, thanks, Amy. When, when Russ M. Recover Compulsive Overeater outside of Philly, when uh, we read this, it brought me actually to last Friday. I'll tell you a quick story. My, uh, a group of people that I admire put out a, a hymn, a hymn, a traditional hymn CD with a contemporary slant on it. And I, I don't get through the first song, and I'm rip, rip the shreds. And I felt the presence of God. And, and God has always spoken to me through music. You know, I've always been connected to God through music. But it was so intimate, so deep. You know, I didn't hear God say anything, but my heart was spoken to. And you know, I was like a blithering idiot in tears. And it was like God revealed his purpose for what he wants out of me. And I haven't felt that in over 40 years. And that would never have been possible if God didn't let me crash and burn, destroy my life, and come into the, to come to this meeting, come into the rooms, and live this, this way of life, this spiritual way of life. You know, that's like getting a hit of food or getting a hit of crack. Because when you feel that, there's a peace that overcomes you that you want to attack and try to keep grabbing keep getting and I've, I haven't felt that since I was about seven years old and it's only because of God you know that he loved me so much and loves us all so much that he wants a relationship with us so that's what that paragraph brings to me and it's like I'm almost three years in program so I think I didn't have a white light experience it was all building up but when I look back I could see God has been present the whole time and um, with that I'll pass thank you so much Amy. Thank you, Russ. Okay. What a great note to end on. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Wednesday, September 25th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is 13,438. 
That's 13438. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Janice B., will you take us out, please? Are you sure it's Janice B., Amy? I'm sorry, Pam M. I beg your pardon. <laughs> A little overzealous there. <laughs> Pam. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.